there is so much Florida about this story <laughs> to begin with, with that. Uh, like, I, I don't even know where to start. First of all, first of all, I mean, the golf cart on the street. Again, not wholly unusual in Florida. Otherwise, I had some beverages in the golf cart. I mean, <laughs> it's a Florida night. It's a Florida night. We're just out and about. Oh, so and this was I, not a perk of the job. This was definitely not a perk of the job. Feels like if there was a perk of the job in her case, this would be it. No. Welcome to episode 244 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in your very own Pub Theology Life pint glass, which you can get when you become one of our supporters on Patreon. Started at $7 a month, you get access to some bonus content, pre and post-show conversations, and you can sign up at patreon.com slash ptlive. And as always, a big thank you to our current patrons. And today uh, we'll be playing Christmas Carol trivia. What could possibly go wrong? Um, discussion discussing the connection between attention and prayer, and exploring the difference the difference between I can talk. It's been a while. Difference between perks of the job and misusing your position. I think they're the same thing, but we will get into that. Uh, <laughs> Shannon will be joining us momentarily, we think. She had to take a phone call just when we started recording, so we hope we'll still see her. Uh, but until then, uh, we'll we'll keep the ship we'll keep the ship chugging along. Um, what are you drinking today, Brian? So I am drinking uh, something from Shorts Brewing uh, in Michigan called Lil Huma, and they have a well-known beer around these parts called the Huma Lupa Licious, and it's like a Super hopped, high ABV, maybe like an Imperial even IPA. It's really good, higher percentage alcohol content. But this is the Lil Huma, so it's just low carb, four and a half percent, good for day drinking. Who green? Who greenlit the names of those drinks? Seriously, <laughs> it's a mouthful. So Lil Huma is a lot easier than the other name. <laughs> oh my goodness! What do you got? Um, I am. I'm going the Shandy route. Um, our local Banks beer here in Barbados, still in Barbados, our brewery uh, makes a Shandy, a refreshing lemon with a hint of Banks beer. When I say a hint, we're talking 9% alcohol by volume. So <laughs> I might as well be drinking water, but it's tasty. And and in time for the holidays, the Sorrel version. Ooh. So uh, I will be doing I'll be doing both of them uh, this evening. Wow. And those, I mean, honestly, that the the way that can looks, those who are listening on the podcast don't get the visual, but it looks like a kid's kind of like a kid would pick that up and say, Mom, can I have one of these? Listen, uh parent of the year, when my daughter used to come visit uh here as a much younger child, we would give her 
we would give her these. There you go. And you, you know, you drink them and you're thinking at 9%, like you really don't feel anything until you maybe hit your fourth one. And then all of no a sudden you're, you're sort of like, it's 0.9%, man. This is like virtually no alcohol. Oh, I, I totally misheard you. I thought oh. you said 9%. Oh, no, no, no. 0.9%. <laughs> I'm like, after your fourth, you're going to be on the floor. Yeah. And no, I'm not going to give my child a 9%. I was fever. like, here, Joy. Enjoy I'm this st- heavy hitter. I'd be straightening that up. <laughs> 0. 0.9. 0. I'm with you now. 0. 0. 0.9%. Yes. Virtually virtually non-alcoholic but yeah. yes by your fourth one you start to feel a little something i gotcha but i'm with you now we're yeah. on the same page there we go there we go i drink it mostly for the sugar a whole 31 grams of sugar oh my god there you go nice well we'll maybe uh if and when shannon joins us will she see what her beverage choice of the day is on to today's topics All right. So for our opener, do you like your first name? And if you could change it to something else, what would you choose? My name is. My name is. My name is. So I wasn't crazy about it growing up. I was uh, with a name like Ogan, which is still unusual here in Barbados. It isn't. Uh, It's an unusual name. It is not. It is. It is a Nigerian name. It is actually the. from the Yoruba tradition, God of iron. Um, and so it's a very common name in Nigeria. I do not have Nigerian parents. <laughs> so for some reason they found the name and decided to tack it on to me. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, I might've shared this before. I did do one of those DNA ancestry testing things. And I am uh, my ancestors, my um um, assumed enslaved ancestors are from the Nigeria region. Oh. So I was coincidentally aptly named. So that's kind of um, cool. It is. It is very cool. So, yeah. So as a kid, I was teased a lot for my weird name. But as an adult, um, no, I've grown into it. I've claimed it. Um, I, 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 I love it. Um, and I remember <clears throat> I just when I also thought the not the teasing, but the Shall we just say um, the 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 sort of a racist um, relationship with my name? I remember when I published my book uh, some years back, um, a very well-meaning older white man said, you know, you probably sell more copies if you change your name because not not many people are probably going to pick up a book with that name on it. I was like, hmm, OK, wow. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks, friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. How so, how how about you? And and let me ask this question as as a follow-up around like in your name. Um, what's with the you, you know, you spell yours with a Y. I is 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 the the spelling with an I more common and do you often get that confusion? Yeah, so uh, my parents decided on Brian. They almost went with Jeff or Jeffrey. <laughs> almost made me spit spit my drink on my mic. <laughs> I know why is that funny, but I just feel like I don't feel like a Jeff at all. I'm glad I'm not a Jeff. I'll just say no, I just nothing call, Yeah, pictured you calling you Jeff, and it just wasn't working. <laughs>
I know Jeff is a great name, but I, it, I'm yeah, it's not mine, I guess. Uh, so yeah, so they went with Brian and they went with the Y instead of the more common I. And so growing up as a kid, people always screwed it up. Still, sometimes you know, I'll get emails and people will say, even though they've just typed in my email, which has a Y in it, they'll type "Dear Brian" with an I. Um, yeah. And as a kid, I remember getting notes that would say like kids would switch the vowels and it would say brain. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny you mentioned that one of my pet peeves is um, people either like in an email or on Facebook, on social media, misspelling my name, even though it's right there. Yeah. You know, that I don't get like, I can understand maybe if you just heard it, Right. You might have some trouble figuring out the spelling, even though it O-G-U-N, Ogun, it's pretty much spelt like it's not a whole lot of other ways you could go. Not a whole lot, but you would be surprised. You would be surprised. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is my pet peeve. People will be commenting on Facebook and, you know, the, you know, you hit reply and your handle comes up. My name yeah. is right there and yes. they still misspell it. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah. Don't, don't throw like an extra N in there or double G. Well, or it, no, most people spell it O G A N. That's the that's the most common misspelling. Uh, o G A N. Uh, yeah, but I'm not saying Ogan. I'm saying Ogun, like done. And then right. usually, you know, when people are like, they have that quizzical, well, how do you spell that? And I think what happens is most people uh, hear Ogan and think it is uh, somehow shortening of Logan with an L or Hogan oh. with an H. So they drop the first consonant and just spell it with the A. That I could see that. That yeah. when you put it that way, that makes a little sense. And then when I just say no, it's O G U N, they go, oh, well yeah, that makes sense too. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks <laughs> for like, the validation. Yeah, it and it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. And it's correct. Thanks for the validation. <laughs> the other the other name I would get confused with because I'm spelled with a Y is sometimes I would get called Byron instead of Brian. Oh, gotcha. Now Even is there's Brian, no O in my name, but there's no. there's that. People people hear what they want to hear. Now is Brian a a fairly common Dutch name or no? Because I know you are of Dutch right. ancestry. Yes. And not even ancestry, like your your parents are from Holland, right? Aren't yep. they? Both yeah. both parents were born in the Netherlands. I was yeah. born in the States, and they were on a, you know, we're Americans now sort of kick. And so gotcha. my siblings and I were named all very common, you know, American white first names. And gotcha. so Brian, I think, is Irish, you know, if you go back and and I'm not Irish. So so you like a first gen immigrant. <laughs> You got it. You know, it's I it's know. so it's so funny because you know, you think of that, you usually think of brown people, not yeah, not you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, of course, uh, European uh immigrants have a much different path. A, so, a much different know. experience. Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. Nothing to do with the color of your skin at all. <laughs> yeah. Just coincidental, I think. Coincidental. <laughs> so I'm I'm really intrigued to hear Shannon's take on her name. Oh, but I so we didn't talk about if you could choose a different first name. So I don't mind Brian. I don't hate it. I don't mind it. You know, mm-hmm. what would it what would name would I choose? 
that's hard for me to say. Like maybe I like my middle name, which is David. I could definitely go by David. Gotcha. I could I could be Vince or something. I don't know. My middle name is Renato, so I'm not I'm not getting any help with that one. <laughs> wow, I don't think that I need that. That is just as uh, unorthodox for the Western Hemisphere um, as it is. Although it, it's kind of Spanish sounding, you know, I yes. don't think it is. But uh, but yeah, often often if I want to go a little bit um, anonymous or create a pseudonym for an online profile somewhere, uh, I'll use my I'll use my middle name. And how do you spell Renato? R e y n a t o. Oh, there's now, Renata, a in there. That's R, cool. Yeah, Renata, R-E-N-A-T-A. That's a fairly common um, name for a woman in some parts of, like, um, um, South America, maybe some, uh, uh, you know, Spanish-speaking countries. Renata is not unusual. But Renato, I've not come across anyone else named that either. My parents just decided to, like, go off the beaten path with the name in um my brother his name is his name is Torre, which is a which is a french name um okay. As, okay. which is again not usual here in barbados i don't know what, what they were trying to do but what's well, yeah. unique it 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 is it is unless you go to nigeria where everything has this name yeah there you go there you go uh, that's that's so interesting wow all right christmas carol trivia what the hell right. is this now all right, so we got some Christmas Carol trivia. Where are we, Again, where, where are we doing it? We're gonna, we're gonna. Be, I don't know if we should come back to this because I feel like Shannon would enjoy this and she would do better than us. <laughs> so I'm gonna, and, I'm gonna actually table this one and move us okay. to a little further down the list. We'll come back to the. So stay with us for the Christmas Carol trivia. Um, I would just like to say that I read, I read a thing, I read a thing uh, on Uber Facts that said. Um, singing too many christmas carols can cause depression or stress in your life so i'll just like to throw that on the table oh wow okay <laughs> or as a as a response to doing this there you go that is interesting so don't overindulge friends don't overindulge all right i'm just yeah. actually going to move us to the last one the perks of the job versus abusing your position because that one's kind of fun mm-hmm. so this was a situation that happened in Florida. Uh, the Tampa police chief, Mary O'Connor, she was riding around in a golf cart. She was the passenger and they were pulled over in this golf cart for driving on a road without a license plate tag. And as the deputy was explaining to the couple why they were stopped, o- O'Connor asked if the deputy's body camera was operating and then identified herself as the Tampa police chief. She then asked him to let her go and showed him her badge. She apologized, gave him her business card. She said to him, if you ever need anything, call me because she's a superior in the, you know, in the rankings here. She says, seriously, if you ever need anything, call me. And then they kind of thanked each other, went their way. The couple was allowed to leave. Well, it, it doesn't end there for the Tampa police chief. The Tampa mayor heard about this and it was on the body cam footage and the mayor saw this as a breach of ethical and professional standards and requested the resignation of Mary O'Connor from her police chief job and she complied. So what do you think? Like, obviously she's using the power and privilege that come with her job in this situation, but should she have been fired for this? There is so much Florida about this story. (laughs) To begin with, with that, like, I, I don't even know where to start. First of all, first of all, I mean, the golf cart on the street. Again, 
not wholly unusual in Florida because right. Florida is like retirement uh, headquarters. Yes. Lots of people's in their towns and their villages. They're driving around on golf carts. But but you're not supposed to be. I think they were on a fairly major thoroughfare. And that's 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 not OK, um, from what I understand the story. And and you got to get you do have to have like tags for your golf carts if you're going to drive out on the street somewhere. Right. Right. So there's so. So, yes, very that in itself, very Florida. Second of all, how does how does he not know who his police chief is? Right? <laughs> no. What? Now, I get Tampa is a is a huge city. Right. Yeah. Lots of yeah. departments. You know, sort of, sort of, sort of, but I, I would assume that, and this is this is a reflection of how little time I spend in police uh, stations, which is virtually none. I would assume that your the police chief of your city, there'll be a photo on the wall, right? Photo of the yeah. president, yes. <laughs> photo of the police chief, something. So unless maybe she's got a baseball cap on, maybe got her hair down. And this or... is this is where the Florida uh, the piece comes in. Unless she was either like so casual, so far wasted, so like, you know, in relaxed mode, he like he didn't know who it was. Yeah. Okay. Third Florida piece of this whole story is your body cam on. She asked him if the body cam's on, right? And I saw the video of this, and I think he does say yes, uh, crying from wrong. But then she goes on. I know to pull out her badge. I know. I'm like, what would you have done if the camera was off? Like, right? Would you try to make a getaway in your golf cart? Like, I don't, I don't understand. So the fact that she's asking it means yes, she knows she's stepping outside the bounds of of. Um, what she's allowed to do so no one's above the law and she tried to put herself above the law and yes i i agree so my understanding is she was initially suspended and then pressure mounted from outside and Uh, then um i'm not clear she was asked to resign i mean maybe this did happen i didn't follow up um or she chose to resign herself. But my understanding was um, it was an initial just suspension. Um, from, See, that from, to from me makes mayor. way more sense. Like, like I get that she, obviously this was wrong, but like she's riding in a golf cart. It's like, sorry, we don't have the tag or forgot the tag. By the way, I'm the chief of police. Here's my badge. Like, we'll get it well, sorted. I don't know. Like, it's not like there, it's not like there was, she hurt someone or, you know, stole something. Sure. She might've stole the golf cart. You don't know. <laughs> it didn't have tags on it. <laughs> we don't know where the golf cart came Fair from. Point. Fair well, point. Here's my thing. My thing is if she's using her badge to get out of this, had she used the badge to get out of other things. Right. Uh, right. And if you're going to be an ethical in small situations, chances are might've been an ethical situations right so so it points to it points to a character flaw which points to a pattern of irregularities so so i'm not mad at the suspension there should have i would i would have assumed if she was suspended there would have been a further investigation into what else might she have done (laughs) right um along along these along these lines now 
I've actually seen other cases where this has happened in other places where a cop, you know, a beat cop pulls over the chief or superior and the chief has actually commended and supported the cop because there were times where the cop was like, oh, shoot, it's the police chief. I didn't realize go on your way. And the police chief has actually said, no, 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 no. I'm not above the law. You are right to do this. Give me my ticket. I've seen that happen. Um, and, and that I can get behind. You're not, you're not above the law, you know, especially when you're off duty. So, well, and um, she's asking him to not do his job, right? Cause she's exactly, that's my, that's asking, my point. Yeah. She's asking if he can let her go and then, and then he apologizes and, and then she, you know, she knows she's asked him to do something he shouldn't because she's like, if you ever need anything, call me. It's like, I owe you. So if I yeah. can ever return the favor, let me know. Quit, 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 quit pro quo. Let's, let's, con- let's continue. So you see, this speaks to this speaks to just again, and I'm not I'm not throwing every police officer under the bus, but it points to systemic kind of like, you know, dishonesty and lack of integrity in law enforcement. So, you know, when when we had, you know, folks calling for, um, you know, defunding the police or even in some cases, uh, dismantling policing and reforming uh, law enforcement altogether. And people were crying like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Um, No, it's not ridiculous when you have when you have a, a, a system that's supposed to serve and protect, but there is corruption going on. And to your point, you're saying it's it's just a golf cart that didn't have tags. This is not a big deal. On the surface, it may seem that way. But again, again, if she's trying to, you know, pull rank to get out of this, what you know, there's got to be some other some other dishonest, hinky stuff going on. Otherwise, I had some beverages in the golf cart. I mean, (laughs) it's a Florida night. It's a Florida night. We're just out and about. Show title. It's a Florida night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, no. Yes. I think, I think, I think the suspension was warranted. So this was not a perk of the job. This was definitely not a perk of the job. No, 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 no. But come on. Feels like if there was a perk of the job in her case, this would be it. No. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say gonna hard, say no. hard, hard no on that. Like these because then are for the lay citizens, the, you the know, lay Come citizens. On. And where does one draw the line, right? So <laughs> we let you go on tags, but we won't let you go on what, right? Oh, know. you only, you, you only had two grams of coke on you. <laughs> You're the police chief. It's okay. <laughs> you do wonder. I, I would love right? to know. Like, I would love to see this scene. Oh. Yeah. So no, I think I think this was a hundred percent appropriate uh, in terms of the suspension. Um, you and it makes me wonder if there wasn't the outside pressure that had been placed on the department. If a fire, if she would have lost a job, probably not. I'm 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 gonna guess not. But I'm yeah. I'm with you in terms of the extremes, especially if this is her first offense. The extreme of losing a job, you know, that's I don't know. I I, I really don't yeah. know. That's a lot. I mean, she's going to be traumatized anytime she sees a golf cart from now on. <laughs> oh, well, that's going to be interesting living in Florida. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely warranted an investigation. And I'm sure I'm going to bet. Here's here's my bet. Here's my bet. Um, if 
my bet is that she resigned willingly because there's some other deep stuff there. And she's like, let me, let me get out before. Yes. Before yes. any real investigations start. So exactly. Yeah. If she the quit on her own accord was the tip definitely. of the iceberg. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So are there perks of the job as a pastor or a clergy person, or is there a job that has perks that you think, man, that's a cool thing. Like that, like that's a, you know what I mean? Like, cause some I, jobs I, have I, perks I, that aren't illegal yeah. or aren't, you know? Yeah. So I think the perks, uh, you know, depend on your level of authority in, um, in, in the position, right? No, no, no one, no one at the bottom rung of the employment ladder generally gets a lot of perks in any right. job. Right. 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 Uh, you know, there, there's some, there's some people who might be, you know, servers or even line cooks, dishwashers at restaurants who at the end of the night, you know, if there's food that they know they can't turn over the next day, they might say, Hey, take some food home. But even that to try and, you know, make sure they can maximize profits that in, in and of itself doesn't really happen a lot is my understanding. And it's um, pretty modest to be. Exactly. Frank. Exactly. So, so um, I remember if there was anything that I would say was, was a perk of my, when I was a minister in a church, that was a perk of the job was um, the willingness to exempt me from kind of doing anything like manually labor related, you know, like we'd have an event and, you know, I'd be like trying to set up chairs or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. You know, there's sort of that sort of deal, but I was like, well, no, I'm going to do it anyways. Um, <laughs> right. That, that, right. that sort of, that sort of stuff or, you know, um, but I can't, I can't really, I can't really think of anything other than, I mean, you know, uh, Salary notwithstanding, because again, the higher up you tend to go, if there's levels of you know climbing up the ladder of uh, promotion, yes, you generally get paid more. That goes without saying, but I don't know. Um, I'm yeah, I'll say like my experience in the times that I've been a guest preacher at churches, mm -hmm. I feel like depending on the setting, um, and maybe this happens more in more rural settings where people maybe there'll be a potluck and they kind of mm. want to make sure you're sort of, you know, get the first serving or, you know, make sure you have everything you need or fa a family will have you and or your family over for the Sunday meal. And yes. they want to make sure you really, you know, had a nice time visiting their congregation. So they sort of go out of their way to say, thank you. Um, in that, I, I've experienced that a few times um, when I've. You're, you're right. I forgot about, I forgot about guest speaker perks you're absolutely you're absolutely right i remember when when i first got ordained i didn't i didn't join the staff of a church right away i did what i call my uh rock star preacher tour uh there you go. I, See? I, I i had the i had the book and i was just hitting up a lot of churches and doing talks and signing books afterwards and yes there were uh one of the things i often made sure is um if folks wanted me to come to their church that what was included was you know, you cover costs of transportation, whether it's a plane ticket or a bus ticket or whatever. And yeah, you cover costs of accommodation. So put me up a hotel. Here's my preferred list. Or, you know, <laughs> at a car at a congregant's house, here's here's the preferred, here's how that 
I would prefer that look. Yeah. I mean, I ain't trying to be a snob or anything, but I do have some standards. And well, yeah, you don't want to stay in little Jimmy's room and share a bunk bed or something. No, or sleep on the couch in or the sleep on the couch room. Yes. The, I mean, the minimum is, you know, I have my own guest room with the door that closes. Right. right. That I mean, that shouldn't be too much to ask. Right. Um, you know, the best of oh, my best, my best guest speaker gig. I was in in Louisville, Kentucky. And and the congregant who who was willing to put me up, he was he was by trade a chemist who made uh, the flavorings for beverages. Uh, so you know oh, when you no. when you buy a drink and it has on there like you know natural and artificial flavors, those flavors those chemicals, his company made. Wow. Um, and and he made a killing at this. And he had basically a whole like bachelor pad setup. I mean, I'm including like pool table. Uh, there was um, a little indoor basketball court at the back. Like this dude was decked out um, on top of his on top of his little factory spot, right? But what was really inter- what was really fascinating and hilarious about the story is that the 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 factory was located in perhaps the sketchiest part of town. So when, when I got picked up from the airport nice. and we're driving to this spot, like, like the quality of the neighborhood just kept going down and down. And then we <laughs> left where people lived and now we're in this like industrial section. Yes. And then it just kept going down and down and we finally get to the place and there's like, there's like a two level, a two gate level of, of entry. So you like open one gate, you drive in, it closes behind you. And then you're like, is this breaking bad? And I am just like, I'm texting my wife going like, okay, I'm dropping a pin. If you don't hear from me in like two oh hours, because I don't know what is body. happening right now. I'm supposed to be going to some play- person's house and we are driving into like, I don't know, the back end corner of this massive industrial neighborhood. And this is not right. And wow. I may just be a little scared right now. And then we 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 go into this amazing like decked out luxury bachelor pad, wow. and then I was like, "Ask me back anytime, please." Yeah. Like it's this this was amazing. That's awesome. So so yeah, there are there are some perks that come along, but I will have you notice those perks don't happen at your home church now, do they? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> No prophet is welcome in his hometown. Right. That's all something. that's all I'm saying. That's all something I'm saying. Like that. I, I I hazard to say it may have gotten treated better on the road than at than at home. Although the when I when I did start working at the church, um, any church I've ever worked at, those first couple months, you know, people randomly taking you out to lunch, buying you coffee, yada yada wow. yada. And then when that kind of like new car smell wears off, yeah. <laughs> It's all done after that. All right. We have a quote here from uh, Simone Wheel or Vale Wheel. I think it's Wheel. And she said, uh, attention taken to its highest degree is the same thing as prayer. Attention taken to its highest degree is the same thing as prayer. So wondering what she's what she's trying to say. Like if I pay enough attention to something, that's equivalent to a prayerful state or 
was, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the state part because my first thing is, well, how how was she thinking about prayer here, right? Because prayer can be interpreted in in a number of ways, and depending on how you interpret prayer, yes, attention can can align with it or or not. But I I think generally it's uh, attention can come from either a place of need or a place of intention, right? So where where you focus in your energy that's for me where attention comes what's where you focus in and often again when we're in a place of need or lacking something or attention tends to be focused on how do i get the thing that i'm missing and for some people depending on their understanding of prayer and god and how the universe works i will pray i will pray to god to supply my need um and then they kind of align i guess in in that regard um if you have a different understanding of prayer and and god then um i don't i don't know that the attention necessarily uh or your focus is going to stay on it or or not but yeah that's th- those were the first things that came came to mind when when i saw that quote yeah, I think there are a number of different ways to go. And and I do like the idea that what your mind is on is sort of where your where your focus is, where your heart is, how it shows to what level you're engaged in something or invested in something. And so if you're not giving something attention and then you want to sort of give words, say, well, but I prayed for that or you know what I mean? It may belie the genuineness of the prayer. Like if you're not willing to give something full attention, don't don't cover that up by using spiritual language that really is vacuous or isn't true. But if you are giving that right. full intention, it represents that sort of heart focus, that sort of state of mind, that presence, like I'm fully present to this thing I'm giving attention to. And if I'm giving my presence to it, that reflects sort of my spiritual state as well. And that I'm I'm coming at this authentically and fully. So yes, more of the state, as you said, than than maybe the act of prayer, I think. Which so so the word I was looking for earlier that I can think of is some people view prayer as a transactional arrangement mm-hmm. and others view prayer as more of maybe a, a mindfulness experience, a, a reminder of our nature and relationship with the divine in the universe however you want to phrase it yeah um and i so, lean toward the latter and i assume you do as yes yes um and so so i don't know the 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 for me attention also be implies a quantity right so and i think you hinted at it earlier how much how much time am i given to this right whether it's again in that mindful place of i'm being present to it in the moment and all the subsequent moments, or is it just a fleeting thought of a need or something? And I'm just going to, you know, throw a hail Mary prayer up to the clouds and then forget about it. (laughs) Um, uh, But with, with the thought taken to its highest degree, I mean, that, that implies um, um, ongoing focus um, on, 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 on something. Um, so then the question becomes dependent on again how you see 
prayer is transactional versus mindful, um, then does one want me to have a lot of attention on it or, or ongoing attention, right? Because, or if we keep praying for something, if we, if it's a transactional mindset, are we thinking that the more prayers we send out, the more likelihood we're going to get what we want? Um, <laughs> do we, do we have to try and convince God that, yeah, it gets <laughs> that tricky. Thing needs, needs to happen? Uh, you right. know, that, that sort of thing or, you know, again, a more, a more mindfulness approach, um, basically allows us to, to be present to, to what, not what it, not what it's here to teach us. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, my, my, my thought on things are here to teach us anything has kind of evolved over time. Um, and so, so in that regard, then are we, are we willing to be present to it without attachment? Uh, uh, just letting it evolve, let it go. Um, and therefore, if we're if there are no attachments and we don't have any expectations or requests, then are we are we not praying? You, you get what I'm saying? So can we can we be a can we can we have our focus on a thing without uh, or being mindful about a thing without any attachment to any outcome? Is that our attention in the highest degree? Is that is that a quote unquote prayer if we don't right. if we don't have a desire around the thing? Yeah, that always gets so tricky. Like I, I there's part of me that really loves and sees the value in the non-attachment sort of Eastern approach to to life and to what we encounter and what our expectations are. Um, but for me, like if I give attention to something, I get invested and I care about it. Like I can't disattach from something that I'm you know what I mean? That I care about. And is it even appropriate to have no level of care for certain things that I should be invested in? Um, and I think you're talking well, more around outcomes than maybe the yes. thing itself. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can, you can, you can care without being necessarily attached to any particular outcome. Um, it's not, it's not our, it's generally not our human nature, but but I love you, the, honey. But I'm completely unattached to whatever happens to you in the next, you know. Well, it's ah. okay. It's not so much. Uh, I'm I'm not attached to whatever happens to you. It's it's <laughs> more. It's more. It's more around the. It's more around the. Uh, I'm I'm unattached to my happiness being contingent on your choices. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. There you is know. a healthy way to to navigate all of this. Exactly, you're, exactly. You're getting it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, prayer can get complicated, which is why I don't pray anymore. I just I keep my life simple. <laughs> but you do sometimes pay attention, so we'll give you that. I, I do, I do, I do pay attention, not always to the right things at the right times. But yes, um, so for me, so me, my my attention now becomes more of an embodied experience, as in. Yeah. You know, something, something's happening. How, how am I responding on a physiological level, which tells me more about really how I feel about it than my intellectual um, intervention, because that can't always be trusted. Um, and, and then go from, go from there. And, you know, as a, as a, a wise friend once said to me years ago, it's not okay to have attachments, but it's okay to have preferences. So we can, we can have, we can have preferences about an experience but then are we willing to 
easily let go of those preferences if it doesn't look like they're gonna they're gonna happen yeah um, and and not try to seize control so we're talking about the opposite of control and which yeah. comes back to that question of prayer is prayer an attempt to control Ooh, yeah i like that that's a great question that's really good. You mentioned prayer as transactional, and I went to my mind went to the previous question in the situation with the golf cart and thinking if that was a pastor, you know, getting pulled over, would they would they say to the well, why don't you pray on this officer? You know, are you sure that a ticket is warranted here? Hey, listen, I just got done watching. Have you watched on Hulu uh, Under the Banner of Heaven? Have you seen this? No, it's on my list though. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! There's a lot of, there's a lot of, the Lord told me, yes. the, Lord, the Lord showed me, the Lord pressed upon my heart. There's a lot of that going around and it doesn't, and, and it usually, usually it's not a good thing that follows. No, the motives are usually not pure. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But then again, depending on how you see prayer, especially if it's in in request for an outcome now is prayer an attempt to control god right right Dear god make this thing happen for me or whatever as opposed to uh surrendering to to what is yes exactly you know? exactly i i also just started watching on hbo the righteous gemstones <laughs> dude <laughs> my favorite all-time show i love I'm that only show two so much. episodes in but so that's good. so good it oh, is no. so so very good so very good in many ways it does remind me of of the under the banner of heaven uh you know the similarities are you know yes. this this very uh, you know popular religious family and basically doing some ridiculousness behind the scenes yes. that is not at all you know, reflection of their position of the and outward public facing. Exactly. And know, a really. lot of it is like, yeah, God told me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I had a vision. Uh, Spirit spoke to me. Like, it's it's Listeners, if you're looking for some good viewing, the one is based on real history on Hulu under the banner of heaven. The other sort of the lampooned comedic version of that taken to even perhaps more of an extreme. You know, I don't know how lampoon that is. I've seen some stuff, dude. I have seen some stuff. So yeah, under the banner of heaven is is um, um, centered in the Mormon faith. Whereas, oh, I thought it was the Jerry Falwell one. Oh no, 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 no. What's that one no, no. called? Oh, God forbid. Yeah, that's yeah, what no, I was no, thinking of. No. no, no, under the banner of heaven is 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 a mini series. I don't know. It was I don't know if it was a true story or not. Yeah, I but, thank you. But that, yes, that's, that's helpful. It's in the Mormon faith, and and it's more around um, uh, a murder. And, I gotcha. Whereas righteous gemstones is yes, you're right, sort of lampooning you know the evangelical mega church world. Yes, and it's that's... not. Listen, it ain't far from the truth. Okay, <laughs> I believe like it. I I've seen some stuff. That show is not that not that far fetched. Yikes. You know, and it's interesting you mentioned Jerry Falwell because that's a perfect example. Yes. Right? Because because some craziness went on there. And again, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that because the craziness wasn't their actions. Jerry Falwell Jr. and and the whole, you know, huckle situation with his wife and the, the, poop, and the, the pool and boy the pool, and the pool boy. Like, I mean, uh, uh whatever consenting adults agree to do 
as long as no one's being hurt, go for it, man. Like, you know, I'm not mad at that situation at all, but the hypocrisy of them preaching, you know, family values oh. and being like that, that's the issue yes. that, that I take, I take umbrage with. And I think yes. most people, people did too, but you know, what, what, whatever you do in the confines of your marriage as an, again, consenting adults, go for it, but then don't, 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 don't preach something different. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's, that's the truth. That's the thread of righteous gemstones. It's the thread of, yeah. um, under the banner of heaven, even though under the banner of heaven was a little more uh, entitlement. There's a more, and, and this is another thing, right? The entitlement that many people feel in religious circles, especially as they get into higher and higher positions of authority, the entitlement around what they can, what they can't do and all that sort of stuff. Look at what happened to, uh, what was, what's, what's the, the mega church from Australia that was starting in Australia? Oh uh, Yeah. You know, that one, yeah, the, the name will come back one. to me. And there's yeah. also the Jim and Tammy uh, Faye Baker. Um, exactly. Special that's on, which was super well done. And also reminds me of that one. Righteous yeah. Jim. Also starring Andrew Garfield. Interestingly and Andrew, enough. Gar- Andrew Garfield. <laughs> he, was, he was under the banner of heaven too. Oh, really? Yes. There yes. Yeah. And, 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 and it was a, it was really one of those stories again, and we see this in the Red Righteous Gemstones a little bit too, where where you question your faith when you see those in authority for whom you put your trust and your faith in, yes, abusing their positions, not 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 enjoying the perks, abusing their positions, <laughs> way beyond of the perks, way beyond the perks, you know, abusing their authority, but seeing them as perks, but abusing their authority yep. like it causes you to question the entirety of your faith yeah, uh, for sure to, to to begin with especially when they're um doing these abusive things and starting with you know god spoke to me and said to do this to you i was like huh yeah what what god is that that we're talking about <laughs> right right, <laughs> right exactly so yeah and if, what else did you say that i can't trust anymore you know like right yeah, that can cause a lot of crises of faith uh, when people entrusted in positions of authority um, and positions of teaching and spiritual guidance, and suddenly, like, what? Exactly, exactly. So you know, I'm like, this is so. It's 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 funny sometimes over over the years. I've been um, I don't know if criticize is the word, but people have called to my attention that I can be an oversharer of, of, of things. Right. So, yeah. so, so like, you know, if there's, you know, a change in my philosophy, way of living, whatever, like, and I embrace it, I, I'm out front telling everybody about it. And some people right. are like, you know, we don't need to know all this information. <laughs> I don't like, yeah, it feels like you. too much for people. It feels like too much. But for me, for me, it's like in in many ways, it's a not just getting ahead of the story, but I know that these choices I'm making are if if I don't share with you why I am living them and how they reflect an authentic part of me, some of y'all go make up a lot of stories about it, right? And then some of y'all go and see it as a reflection of. I don't belong in this church or this space if this is what the minister is doing. 
especially the fact that he's doing it in secret. Right. The there's secret there's a, thing. Your concern is authenticity. Like this is yes. how I feel and how I plan to act in regard to these beliefs slash feelings. Exactly. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Exactly. I'm telling you all about it up front. <laughs> and I think that's very healthy. And unfortunately, too often in sort of spiritual leadership or the church leadership, we're we see the opposite. Like people are so private and that they don't dare share anything personal for fear of, you know, people won't be able to handle it or they're going right. to run with it to other directions. And so that's when I think we see things crash and burn because they hadn't been authentic to themselves or to others. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, do we need every minutia gory detail? No, but do we need, <laughs> right. But do we need a uh, transparency? E- yes. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the the more it, it's it's a weird paradox. The more in the public eye you are, the more you value your privacy, and the more you value your privacy, and therefore the less transparent you are, and the less transparent you are, the more the story is you have more to hide, and right. therefore let's let's pride. It can be into a your life. 22 for sure. It, it 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 is it is a little bit. So, you know, so in many ways it's it's give them, give them, get ahead of the story, give them something. Uh, and again, not just to keep them off your back, but you know, I say to people, the reason I kind of also live from a place of radical honesty is like I can't keep track of who have told what to. <laughs> so I just tell everybody everything. <laughs> so I don't have to try to remember. And then yeah. I'm lying to people when I don't need to be lying to them. There you go. <laughs> my my brain, as I as I approach 50, my brain can't handle keeping up with who I've told what to. So you ask me, I'm just gonna tell you. There I'm just gonna is. be honest. And and don't ask me a question that you don't think you can handle the answer for. That's that's your responsibility. That's your part in this, you know. Yeah, and I, I guess I'd say my experience with with that to a small degree um has come and i'm sure i've shared this before in the podcast but in doing in leading pub theology conversations i've discovered people would come and hear me share questions about my faith or doubts that i had or things that i said i didn't really believe that i used to believe and it was threatening for people because they weren't used to hearing a pastor question things about their faith publicly <laughs> you know it's like well if you have those questions keep that to right. yourself like you can't be our pastor and yeah you know people want their pastors yeah. to be to be certain <laughs> yes yes yeah. exactly. if you're not certain what hope do i have <laughs> right right sort of sort of deal and and the truth is it you know it is it is my uncertainty that gives you hope <laughs> that that's 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 the thing right yeah, right. Yeah. And and I, you know, I've migrated to a space where people value that I'm I'm upfront and authentic about that. And it creates space for their own journey and questions and doubts and creates to me a healthier community where together we're we're pursuing what is good and true. And we don't presume to know all of that on the front end. It's called uh teaching people how to treat you. Yeah. You got you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta teach them. You gotta teach them. Um it's a, it's it's so back back to that attention and and prayer thing mm-hmm. is um so if you don't mind me asking then so do you pray and what does and what does prayer mean to you specifically 
Sure. Yeah. So my prayer has definitely evolved or sense of prayer and what it is. Um, and my prayer is much more rooted in silence and meditation um, than it used to be. It used to be a lot of verbal, you know, like God, you know, it used to be more transactional. God, I need this. God, will you do this? God, I'm, right. you know, and I, and I, I would say there's, there are still occasions where I, I do that. Um, where there are specific things where I'm seeking guidance or discernment and I'll sort of, you know, mentally verbalize that. But on the whole, my regular practice is much more seeking times of, of silence and meditation. So, so you evolved more for more listening, less talking. Correct. Exactly. Now, when you were, when you were running for Congress, was your out loud, out loud prayer when people were witnessing, uh, you know, God, God, let's win this. And then your silent prayer was not a little bit of the opposite. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, that that's the challenge of being a pastor or in public life in this country, frankly, is, you know, you're sort of the professional prayer. So you often get asked to pray, you know, mm -hmm. in a very public setting. Uh, so that's yeah. an that's a whole other thing, but that's an interesting dynamic. And and I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to tell people. No, nah, I'm off the clock. Somebody else do it. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've said that. I've said that to people. We've been at events where there's like prayer chaplains, and they're like, "You pray." I'm like, uh, "We got a room full of prayer chaplains here. I'm yeah. not the only professional prayer in the room." There you go. I like that. I like that. That's yeah. Great. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't hesitate to do that as well. Um, it it looks like Shannon didn't make it back. Yeah, so no Shannon today, so she'll join us soon, and we, I, we're going to punt our Christmas Carol trivia uh, to a future episode, so look forward to that, friends. Um, but thank you for tuning in today to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre- and post-show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And as always, a big thank you to our current patrons. You can listen to the show anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And our top cities tuning in this week, Phoenix, Arizona, Southfield, Michigan, and Durham, excuse me, Durham, North Carolina. So thank you wherever you're tuning in from. If you'd like to watch us, not just listen, check out the videos on Facebook Live. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. And so until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. And you got a new favorite team in the World Cup through for... Morocco. Oh my God! Th Are you that... all in for Morocco now? Oh God, no! <laughs> ah, that that runs that runs going to hit at some point. Some but, point. But I mean, you'll be rooting for them, is what I mean. You know, I don't. Or not really. Not not really. Uh, I don't know that I'm necessarily rooting for everyone. Oh, there she is. Hey, who's the worst guest host or co-host ever? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we. We're actually, we're all done. You okay? What happened? No, it, everything is fine. It's the... Uh, oh.